0: So, does your career energize you with life? Or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers, where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. Okay, so let's get a bit metaphysical here before introducing this week's guest. My question to you is this. What if each of our careers was nothing more than a way for the universe to express some singular idea? literally through each of us, a single unique idea. I ask because in listening to this week's guest, who today is the editor in chief of Buzzfeed, I couldn't help but notice that one idea, one singular concept kept rising to the top over and over again as he was recounting aspects of his career. And that is, and I probably won't state this perfectly, but gonna give it a shot, a visceral desire to know or at least a visceral appreciation for, the absolute truth of the matter, whatever that matter might be on any given day. From my perspective, that singular concept, that desire for absolute truth, sits at the very heart of Ben Smith, and seemingly at the very heart of everything he touches. And what's been fascinating to me, having both worked with and alongside Ben throughout the years, is the deep, unrelenting faith with which he practices that religion. As you'll soon hear, he practiced it at the start of his career as a cop's beat reporter. He practiced it during his time spent covering New York City Hall. He practiced it covering national politics at Politico. And now he and the publication he oversees practice this religion with just about every popular conversation happening on our planet today. So from his words to your ears, I give you Ben Smith. Awesome, Ben. Well, firstly, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to uh, to share your journey.
1: Yes, anytime. That's what journeys are for.
0: <laughs> Indeed. So uh, let me jump in. Um, question number one, how uh, do you think about the concept of, uh, ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or what it is I'm doing here on this planet?
1: Not very often. I've mostly thought about, like, how do I do work that really is interesting and, I mean, in some much less elevated sense of the word impact kind of causes trouble and, um, you know, isn't the story that the people who were in charge of telling stories necessarily want told. Right.
0: Exactly. Uh, and what, um, for the record of, of this podcast, can you tell everybody what it is you do today?
1: Yeah, I'm the editor in chief of BuzzFeed.
0: Um, Are you today, Ben, in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger?
1: Oh, God, no. In in no way. Like, I didn't, I mean, BuzzFeed didn't exist. And if it had existed, I would not have imagined it as a place I would work. And I also never really saw myself, I pretty emphatically did not see myself as an editor. I always saw myself as a reporter who never wanted to be an editor and always resisted any suggestion that I get into management.
0: And so can we walk backwards a little bit for that? At what, can you remember the earliest moment in time when this idea of
1: being a reporter popped in your head? Huh, that is a great question. You know, probably in, in, at least, probably in high school. Okay. But I guess I had, I mean, I grew up in New York and had this kind of romanticized idea. I don't even know where I got it of what it would be to like work in City Hall, in the City Hall Bureau of the New York Daily News, kind of like hard-bitten, hard-boiled Yep. um, stereotype and kind of liked that idea and then I had a summer internship during college unpaid at the uh, they paid like a hundred bucks a story if you got it published or something at the Jewish Forward and like really really fell in love with reporting.
0: That's amazing so even stepping back further than that Ben Smith as a child did you have any concepts of things that you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: I want to be a fisherman at some point. Uh huh. Um, yeah, maybe I wanted to be a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think I thought about it all that much. I've never like. I still don't really know what I want to be when I grow up. I haven't ever like really like thought in any focused way about a career path.
0: And so, when you realize in high school at some point that this thing called reporting is interesting, what about it intrigued you? And then, how does that um, dictate your your existence in high school and, and then your choice in college?
1: Let's, I, mean, I think it's a couple things. One is that I'm really, I'm like pretty shy yep. and it's an excuse to talk to people. Like it gives you like a, a reason to talk to people reporting. I think a lot of reporters actually like got into it for that reason, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it like, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's, I've, I've found it interesting in a fairly unreflective way to like poke around and figure out stuff that people don't know and then print it and share it.
0: Got it. And what, um, and so again, in high school, you're, you're, you're realizing this. What does that impact your college decisions?
1: Um, no, you know, I mostly just like went to school when I was in school for, I, I did attend like the orientation of the Yale Daily News, and it was all way too intense for me, and all the people were so competitive and focused, and and on on doing the newspaper as opposed to just sort of like going to school. And so I didn't ever go back, and then wound up maybe the next year writing a little for a publication called the New Journal at school and something, and then later for the kind of all weekly, but never like in a leadership position or anything.
0: Yep. Ben, what did your um? If I can ask, what did your parents do?
1: Uh, my father's a lawyer. My mom's a teacher. And thinking back on your, on
0: where you are today, the career decisions you've made along the way, what impact have they had on on your career path and on the decisions you've made along the way?
1: You know, I th- it's funny, I wonder, like, I think that rather than, like, I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with the law and very interested in it, but I think maybe I kind of shied away from competing with my father in it in some sense. My sister became a lawyer, and a very good one, uh-huh. um, and wanted to kind of do my own thing. I don't know. I, I guess I also, at various times, I wanted to be a writer without really knowing what that meant.
0: Uh-huh. Any other reflections on sort of watching your parents and their careers?
1: Um. God, I wish I had some. I, I don't really. My grandfather was a, a writer who always, like, who had a totally kind of nonlinear career and, and liked it and did things he liked. And I was kind of admired that, wrote books he was interested in, didn't always work, didn't always have money, but kind of enjoyed it. I liked that.
0: Ben, what did you, you study in college?
1: Linguistics.
0: So there, there was a love for language somewhere.
1: Well, like I, th- I kind of thought that if you study linguistics at some point you get to language, but actually it's kind of all math. I hated it.
0: But, but at least the idea of it is something yeah, that I was like grabbed Yeah, definitely interested.
1: You. That's how I got into it.
0: Um, and what, what was your first job out of college?
1: Um, I got a fellowship at the Indianapolis Star covering CAPS.
0: And at that point in that job, how are you How are you feeling about this chosen profession of yours?
1: Um, I mean, back then, I mean, I loved yeah. it. It was so fun to be out there and, you know, to to I was from New York. This place is pretty exotic to me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just like the thing with cops reporting is that you're dealing with people to whom the people you're talking to, unlike political reporting, like this is all totally, it's the realest thing for them. Like somebody that they're close to has been killed or hurt or arrested or has killed someone. And there's no margin for sort of cynicism or error or like not taking it totally seriously because the people you're dealing with taking it totally seriously. And I think that's that's a very important, I, I mean, I, I like to hire people who have been cops reporters. I think like you learn this, you, you have to take whatever you're covering as seriously as the people who you're covering take it at some level. Yep. And, and yeah. And I, when we used to hang out in the New York City Council, I definitely took a lot of New York City Council stuff very seriously. As yeah, video.
0: indeed. Um, this entry point of being shy and entering a field, uh, entering this field because of that. Tell me, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Do you think truly it was just the opportunity to talk to people that that uh, was a driver?
1: No, I mean, I think I think, you know, like I'm a curious person and, and wanted to know the answers to things and you know, wanted to, wanted to share them. That's like a fairly natural human instinct in some sense. Yep. Um, But yeah, but also certainly like you, it's an excuse to insert yourself into all sorts of situations and, and just to like, I still love it. Like if I'm in, I was in Los Angeles and, and have always, and like, you know, there was a writer who I was kind of interested in talking to and figuring out what was up with him. And I'm just, you sort of have an excuse just to call somebody out of the blue. When I was last in Latvia, where my wife is from, there's a kind of bunch of dissident Russians there who, you know, are doing really interesting stuff. But it's hard to think of an excuse to talk to, you know, just to talk to people out of the blue. But when you're a reporter, you always have an excuse.
0: Right, right. Um, Ben, on a scale of of, um, zero to ten, where zero is a total non-issue and ten is a big dark gloomy shadow how large a shadow would you say financial considerations have had over your career path to date?
1: I don't know maybe maybe five I mean I definitely I definitely benefited as a kid in New York from you know living with my parents and most summers I worked real jobs and made money but was able to make not so much money that summer and that was, that was not a problem. And that's been like, that's a huge sort of flaw of the journalism career track that I think a lot of us are really trying to fix by paying our interns among other things. Yep. And which is in fact, you know, also the law. Right. But, but having, 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 having money not be 10 is certainly helps if you're getting into journalism.
0: Yep. Are there any career decisions that you've made along the way um, I'm just kind of jumping around here. That looking back uh, today, you would choose to undo or somehow
1: redo like career? Like I've certainly like made tons of mistakes as a reporter or an editor, right? Like do those count, or do you mean like more decisions about what to do?
0: Uh, I think decisions about what to do. Um,
1: you know, I, I guess I don't really distinguish between career decisions and life decisions, and it's a little hard for me to say. Like, oh, maybe I would have gone to. I mean, as a reporter, like, you know, you're supposed to go to where the next war is going to be, yep. and it definitely did not turn out to be in Eastern Europe, which is where I went after after Indianapolis, um, but I, like, you know, met a lot of people I care about, and, and it became a big part of my life, so I guess I don't think, so it's a little hard for me to rewind that one. Yeah, In some theoretical sense, right, I should have gone and become an Afghan expert in 99. That would have been, like, a really good career move.
0: Um, let's talk about, for a second, those decisions that you've made that have caused errors you have a a very great way of, of of admitting the errors, moving on. What's your philosophy with with that?
1: I mean, just the, I mean, I think this is this is actually kind of a great gift of the internet and the blogosphere to reporting. Just that you can't get away with bullshit. I mean, it used to be the comment section somebody would just call you out, but it used to be like in the old days, any newspaper article, like the third or fourth paragraph, would just be a bunch of like made up speculation by the author about what it all meant. Right. Um, and I think that like the internet did a pretty good job of kind of chipping away at that. And I, you know, in 2004 when I was writing a blog, my audience was people who really knew what I was talking about, being New York politics. And if I got something wrong, they would like definitely tell me very quickly. Right. And and in the face of that, you really don't have a choice. You say you're sorry. You you correct, and that's kind of it. And so I guess I I guess I got used to that early yeah. in my career.
0: And and looking at your counterparts, um, do you feel like that? Philosophy and that approach is uh, has been well learned by others so far.
1: I think um, you know. I think it varies. I think there's still a lot of reluctance in parts of the traditional media to sort of be be, be to listen to the, your audience and correct when you're wrong. I think there's also kind of a new partisan media. There has always been around, but that just doesn't admit the possibility that the facts could contradict their beliefs. Right. Um, and then there's like kind of a new Global propaganda machines committed to actually spreading falsehoods like the kind of Russian troll sphere which is certainly a new thing.
0: Um, ben I'm just kind of I'm trying to step back here so you you paint a picture shy kid son of, of a lawyer and teacher has has an interest in writing uh, finds this you know finds reporting as an as an opportunity. Would you say that your approach to your career path has been more take it as it comes? Or is there is there a part of you that's that's really directing it more?
1: No, I always, I have always tried to do things that really engage me, and not really like seeing a path beyond that.
0: Yep. Is there a point in your life, or have you reached the point in your life where you know that this is what I'm meant to be doing?
1: No, absolutely not. I'm not. I guess I'm not. Yeah. I don't really. I guess I don't really. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm not sure. I have that reflex.
0: Got it. Um, what would you consider your career highlight to date?
1: Um, you know, I don't know. I I like tend to think about like, what's the best thing that happened in the last two days? I mean, I've definitely, you know, I mean, I think I have been lucky enough to be around at the birth of a few different things of the New York Sun back in the day of Politico and of BuzzFeed's kind of journalistic operation. Um, all of which have been really kind of satisfying and, and really fun. Um, I mean, here, the thing I didn't expect to love as much as I do is getting to kind of work with ridiculously talented young reporters and help turn them into stars and and like really like help them really like capitalize on their on their potential that's I had not expected to find that that satisfying maybe that's kind of a life stage thing
0: uh-huh and what um what about that is so satisfying um
1: you know taking the little you know and and it, like i mean the thing with reporting is it's hard to teach it's more like if you have that kind of aggression and that's as much as anything else as aggression and, and obsessiveness and work ethic. Um, like there's just like a couple of things that you can point people at, and 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 often just say like no no you should be that aggressive. I know other people think it's weird, but it's okay. You don't have to make people like you, um, and and that can really like make a big difference for a young reporter.
0: And when you think about this aspect of can we just for shorthand can we call it mentoring? Um, how do you compare that compared to
1: uh, your initial love of writing—I um, never loved writing. I've always loved reporting.
0: Uh, reporting. I'm sorry.
1: Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's totally different. I mean, they, like you do, and I do think I probably would not have been into this when I was 29. Um, like, take kind of taking a kind of pride and satisfaction in work that you've contributed to that's not under your name.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, knowing what you know today, uh, how would you advise your younger self?
1: Um. Hmm. That is a good question. Uh. I mean, I think I would have advised my younger self to like keep an eye on this internet thing. <laughs> um.
0: Which apparently your younger self did.
1: Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. I mean, it wasn't. It was not accessible early on. Yeah. I mean, I. I think I might have, have focused. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You. It's sort of like hard to get. It's hard to like. Imagine having learned the, the, the way you learn stuff in this business is by screwing up, and it's hard to like shortcut that.
0: Right. What would you say was your biggest screw up?
1: I mean, my most—I sort of, mean, there there are so many, but I think maybe the one, the the, the most visible one was when I reported that John Edwards was going to drop out of uh, was imminently going to drop out of the presidential campaign, which, and that turned out to be false. And it was one of those things where you have a source you think is a very good source who. Is not lying to you, but and in fact, you rightly trust, but who themselves, themselves, despite being very well placed to get it right, um, got it wrong.
0: Got it. Um, ben, I want to go back for one second. So you're in this management position now at BuzzFeed. Uh, again, very different place from uh, reporting. What do you make of that existence? And, 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 uh, and being here and not necessarily actively reporting on a day-in, day-out basis.
1: I definitely miss reporting some days. Like, I really love reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, it's also recruiting and working with people I really, like, believe in and care about has been, you know, really incredibly satisfying.
0: Ben, thinking back throughout your career, um, is there a piece of advice or counsel that friends, family or colleagues um, consistently come up to you for?
1: I don't know about friends, family and colleagues actually. There's definitely like journalism school professors. Uh-huh. Um often ask like what we look for in um in young reporters. And I think they expect the answer to be like social media skills or, you know, like digital video editing skills. But the thing is, you know, anybody under twenty five can shoot and edit video on their phone and and can learn to do a bit better. And like social media skills are just sort of part of being human now. Yep. Um, and so I tend to say like, you know, the things that are harder to teach among others are just raw aggression.
0: Yep. And um, raw aggression, uh, is that just uh, a persistence?
1: I mean, I think it's a willingness to piss people off. It's very important in this business. Mm-hmm. You have to be a jerk about it, but, like, you do have to be not just willing but kind of motivated to write the stories that the people who you're talking to and deal with every day um, don't like and are upset by. And, like, ultimately, like, you do better. Being liked just doesn't really get you very far.
0: Yep. Ben, thinking about, um, thinking about the careers of others around you who are close to you, again, family, friends, and colleagues, any observations of, of people's paths, uh, any observations of things that strike you as interesting about their, de- about their decision-making process along the way, about their level of happiness and satisfaction?
1: I mean, I do think – I mean, I think this is sort of a cliche, but I think that, like, more people of my generation, like, switch what they're doing than, you know, halfway through or – you know, in their 30s or 40s than, than probably of my parents' generation.
0: So a much bigger flexibility.
1: Yeah. I, sense that, I mean, I have sense, a sense that the economy, that work are changing a lot right now.
0: Yep. Ben, when you are, um, when you're interviewing the president, is that it? Would you consider that a highlight?
1: Sure. I think that'll be like, the, like, in like my obet, it'll be like Smith, who interviewed the president and presided over a, Leading news organization in the transition between written language and emoji. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, but after you, after you've done that, um, what's going on in your mind? Are you? What are you thinking in terms of your career? Is it i I've, I've that's it. I've done it. Or what's happening next? What's what's the next interview I'm having?
1: Um, no, you're thinking like how can I like. I mean, you, all through the interview, at least, I was kind of panicking about, is he going to make any news or is he just going to kind of filibuster? And it's sort of a cliche that presidential interviews don't ever make news.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so I was pretty panicked about whether or not he'd make news. And then I was immediately thinking about, you know, how what, what, what was most likely to blow up the internet and interest people and sh- sort of be shared of, of what he said. Yeah. And what's the best way to present it?
0: Got it. And 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 then and then a, a week later, stepping back from it from your own personal career perspective, does that you know is that is that leave a mark or is that just another day in Ben Smith's life?
1: Um, no, I don't know. You can't. I think that it, for reporters to you can't take yourself too seriously in your sort of role in the thing, um, or sort of imagine that it was some kind of personal. No, I mean I don't know. I, I guess I, I it's you know every day is another day.
0: And then Ben. Any advice you'd give to others who are in this um, in this world?
1: You mean in in, in media PR type stuff? Exactly. Um, I mean, I think just that like it's not done changing, right? And like the trick is, to, it's it's hard to not get kind of anchored in whatever moment it is. Yep. Um, but that it's it's conti- it's just continuing to change.
0: Got it. What do you see? Um, uh, what's in your, if you, do you think out for the next three to five years for yourself?
1: Um, I don't know, three to five weeks.
0: Okay. What's happening in three to five weeks? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we're, la- we're launching BuzzFeed Japan. That's very exciting.
0: <laughs> nice. Congratulations. But, um, but in all seriousness, when you think about your own career trajectory,
1: um, uh,
0: anything come to the, any visions of the future come?
1: I really, I mean, I really love what I'm doing right now, and and have mostly loved what I was doing in the past, and so I don't really tend to think past it.
0: Got it. All right. Well, Ben Smith, thank you. I appreciate. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Kurt. Good luck with this. It's good talking to you.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host. Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at our ourauthenticcareers.com.